Wait. Let's see. Okay, moving the mic. See if you hear me well. Okay, welcome back, Soccer Pilgrim. Um, yeah, so Carabao went out on his own to do his thing, which is cool because, like, him and I have different interests. We're both night owls, but he likes to, you know, go out to check out all the nightlife stuff and, like, parties and music venues and stuff like that. I'm definitely not of that vibe. Uh, I was never really into the party thing. But yeah, but he is. <clears throat> right now, I'm uh, on a bridge overlooking the River Spree. And what I see in front of me is the Dom Berliner. It's like this huge, beautiful church. And then right next to it is it's pretty much Museum Island, which is filled with museums. There's, uh, yeah, the Pergamon Museum, which looks like an ancient Greek building. It's really nice. And there's other other museums with other Greek with other Greek uh, structures, I guess, or buildings. Okay, if you can hear a lot of ruffling, is because it's a little cold, and I kind of shoved my earphones inside my jacket, so you're gonna hear some like ruffling on the mic. So I do apologize for that. But yeah, um, this is uh, it's a Thursday, so I think it's like day four of my time in Berlin. And oh no, I gotta sneeze. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> but yeah, so today we woke up and uh uh in our hostel we have a roommate from Queens. His name is Giacomo. I think we brought that up in the last episode. It's funny, he's a heavy snorer. I woke up at five AM because his snoring woke me up. But then I put my earphones in, which is those earphones that are kinda like like uh earplugs that like go deep into your ears. That surprisingly helped. I tried that once before in Lyon. When I was in Hostel Lyon, there's this guy who snored so heavy. I did the same, but didn't work because this guy snoring shook the bed, shook the floor, and we were in an eight or twelve person room. But uh, Giacomo is not like that because we're in a four person room, and his snoring wasn't that crazy, but enough to uh, definitely enough to wake you up at some point. But yeah, he's a heavy snorer. We only met him once, like in passing. Our first day we checked in, we spoke to him, and he's, you know, cool guy from Queens. He was kind of out of it because he went to a rave the other night and uh, didn't really get to talk to him. But last night, Kirabel and I met two dudes, one guy from Den Haag in the, in the Netherlands and uh, this American guy from L.A. named uh, Kevin from uh, Orange County, Irvine. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a good vibe. So this morning, woke up. You know, not didn't have any re- didn't have any real breakfast. We had curry first. It wasn't the best, and um, and for sure we just went to some random uh, food truck. There are better ones out there for sure. And that's it. The weather was beautiful. We man, what did you do today? We we did like oh we went to go see Brandenburg Gate. Brandenburg Gate is, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, whenever you look at pictures of Berlin, that's the first thing that comes up. I I guess that's what Napoleon walked through. I'm assuming that's what Napoleon walked through. Anyway, it has a lot of history, and I didn't really look up to it. I just wanted to see it and be like, all right, cool, move on. Like most touristy spots. And and I got to say, Berlin is starting to grow on me. It's, it's incredible. I don't recall if we brought this up the, the 
yesterday's podcast. Oh no, we didn't because last night after we recorded the podcast, meet Kerbel and I, uh, we went to Admiral Bruca. I think that's how you say it. And it's a uh, it's a bridge. It's like a tiny bridge in Kreuzberg or Koisberg. I don't, I don't know how to say it. And it was nice. There was like like as soon as you get there, if you look on the floor of the bridge, there are bottle caps everywhere. It's a bridge where people just go and chill at, have drinks, smoke weed, smoke cigarettes, just chill. So just pretty much people just drinking beer. That's all it is. And there was like these two musicians. Uh, yeah, there's two musicians. One was playing like this tiny trumpet of some sort. I don't know how to call it, but it's tiny, but it sounded awesome. And then and his uh, bandmate, if you will, was playing guitar, playing some really mellow, chill music. You know, it was uh, it was a vibe. It was really fun. It was a moment that was can only happen in that moment. We're enjoying the music, having beers, Carabelle and I. And then at some point, the cops came, shut it down, which was boring. Um, and all, it was a lot. It was a bit of a commotion. And then I asked one of the musicians. I was like, "Hey, so why are you? Why are they shutting it down? It was it wasn't as if you're being loud. It was very mellow, chill music." And he says, "Well, you know, all it takes is one noise complaint, and then we got to stop." And they used the amplifier, which I think didn't help their case. And when the cops came, <laughs> when the cops came, another musician approached those two guys saying, hey, the cops are here. And he stopped the song midway, just says, okay, police are here, ciao, ciao. And he just bounced. But he left his guitar, his, his mic, his amplifier, he left everything behind, which I'm like, bro, like, I'm just gonna leave it out there. And the cops came, spoke in German. I'm assuming they were asking who, who does these things belong to. Obviously, like good hipsters, no one ratted them out, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and they were about to, the cops were about to take their stuff, and then those musicians kind of came out of the crowd saying, "Hey, hey, please, just don't take our stuff." Like they didn't want to get tickets, so that's why they kind of dispersed. But yeah, so they came, they spoke to the cops, then they uh, the cops let them keep their stuff, but told them, "Please stop playing music. We got noise complaints." So I asked one of the musicians what happened, and he pretty much told me that was the situation was that there was a noise complaint, and we still had to play, stop playing music. And what was cool about the musicians, they didn't seem upset. They were just like, it is what it is. Like, the cops are doing their job, we're just doing what, what we want. You know, there's no point in getting upset. We'll just, at least, like, people enjoy our music, and we get to hang out on the bridge with our friends. And I'm like, all right, that's a good attitude. And the cops, from what I was seeing, they seemed reasonable but stern. They're like, guys, just like, please just respect the rules. You know, don't push it. But it kind of sucked because it was only like nine o'clock or eight thirty, and I'm like, that's kind of early in Montreal. You could do whatever you want till eleven, and past eleven, like, yeah, past eleven, any noise complaint is immediately shut down. But anyway, this is Berlin, not Montreal. Yeah, so that was last night. And uh, yeah, that's when we met the boss, the Dutch guy, and Kevin, the guy from uh, California. And this morning we woke up, saw Brandenburg Gate, and then we uh, went to the Berlin Wall. And what was really cool about the Berlin Wall is that they kept the segment of the wall, but then they have this entire history. Oh, a boat's passing under me. I don't know if you hear that. Wow, that, oh my god, that looks like so much fun. I'd be down to do that. Okay. Note to my mental note to myself: party, boat party, if possible, try to get in. 
happy. As I'm saying, I was on the bridge overlooking the River Spree. It's quite nice. Everyone's on a vibe. Everyone's kind of just doing their thing. And yeah, so went to Brandenburg Gate, uh, went to uh, the Berlin Wall, and there was this huge history about the rise of the Nazi party and basically what Berlin was going through. What Berlin was going through during the, the Weimar Republic, which is right before uh, the, the Nazi party came to power and then leading up to the Nazi party coming in, and then World War II, and then what Berlin was like during the war, and then post-war Berlin, when Berlin was separated in two uh, from East and West Berlin, with the Soviets controlling East Berlin, and then England, uh, the United Kingdom, France, and the States controlling the West. And it explains a lot as to why the city looks the way it does because Caribou kept making comments saying like it's very dystopic <laughs> the way the city is designed the architecture everything I mean you just got to look go into the metro and it looks like you get that Soviet vibes and yeah it totally makes sense yeah it just it totally makes sense when you look at everything it's like it kind of like, looks like Eastern Europe but it's not Eastern Europe in some regards and then you forget that Berlin is technically in East Germany. So, yeah, you're going to get a lot of those influences and you're going to see a lot of that. But that was really cool. Like, uh, just to give you a complete history from the perspective and the viewpoint of Berlin during that time. Because, you know, growing up in Canada, we only see the Western, the North American perspective on the matter. But when you see it from people who... When you see it from this, uh, the perspective of Berlin, it's, it's completely fascinating. It's like, oh, okay. Like, not everyone agreed with this, but the fear that was put on the streets and in politics, it was like, it was a lot for people to handle. And then, it, you know, then it lead up to, you know, persecution of Jews and gypsies and disabled and homosexuals. And it's just, oh, it's heartbreaking. There's so many times where I was like, this is heavy stuff. Yeah, it was sad. But yeah. And then, uh, and then after that, after that we ended up going to uh, the Jewish Museum of Berlin, and that was uh, that was really good. That was really good. It's free, and that was a complete eye opener. Because again, when it comes to these matters, you only really, especially if you grew up in North America, you only know the North American perspective on on the Holocaust and everything that's happened. But what I love about the what I love about the Jewish Museum Berlin was it is the Jewish community of Berlin telling you their story and, and of course the tipping the highlight well, I don't want to use the word highlight but like the the main point is it always leads up to the Holocaust and the trauma that's you know the trauma that's uh, that's you know uh, impacted the Jewish community here and you know you're you're seeing some of these stats and it's just it's it's heartbreaking you know like there's a map showing all the amount of jewish people that died in different countries around europe three million polish jews died during that time three million that's half of the total number of jews that were killed in the holocaust that's crazy three million came from poland and a million from uh russia i think yeah i think it was russia but it's just, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. 
know, these are things that you can find online. These are things that, you know, if you're a Jewish person growing up in North America, you know these numbers, but like to see it told from this perspective, it's really, it's boggling. But what I loved about it was they were telling the history of Jews in this, in this part of Europe. You know, it's almost like a complete history. But what makes that museum even better was it wasn't just a historical museum. It was both modern art, uh, historical art, like from the Renaissance to whatever time period, and also uh, also history. So it's just, it's, it's beautiful. Like, I encourage everyone to go to the, if ever you're in Berlin, definitely check out the Jewish Museum in Berlin. Uh, it's free, so that's a beautiful thing. It's completely free. The modern art part is just, the architecture of the building is fascinating. It's really cool. The museum is big. And it got to a point where there's like three sections. There's the axis of, what is it called? Uh, there's axis, to, oh crap, I forget the, there's three sections. Axis of continuity, which is the majority of the museum, which is the third part. The second part is the axis of Holocaust. And the first part, I'm blanking out what it was called, but it was, you know, it was, it was just really beautifully told. And what was cool is that as you go to Axis Continuity, you climb up these big stairs that look amazing, very photogenic, and um, all concrete, very brutalistic, but it's beautiful. And they sort of tell you this complete history of, they tell you what Judaism is about, what the religion is about, but they also tell you the stories of, of what it means to be Jewish in Europe, or just globally. And what's cool is that they always try to say like, the way I understand it is like this is the Berlin or the German uh, story of Judaism, but they always integrate other Jewish communities around the world. It's like we're just one voice of many different Jewish voices, and I thought that was really neat. Uh, and yeah, I, I just encourage all of you to go check it out. It's really cool. And towards the end, there's the Hall of Fame, which was which was fun. They they note all the you know all the famous Jews that impacted modern history. So you see it, Albert Einstein, Karl Marx, uh, Leon, Leon Trotsky, yeah, Leon Trotsky, uh, Amy Winehouse, uh, just the name of a few, there's Leonard Cohen. And also, that is so cheeky, this is so cheeky they've done this. Like, as you're going down the stairs, right in front of the stairs, <laughs> they sit in the Hall of Fame of Jews, there's Jesus. And I laughed so hard because they're not wrong, Jesus is Jewish. And it's kind of like a small little claim. It's like, hey, by the way, to, to the Christian majority, which is, you know, the biggest religion on the planet of two billion people, of two billion people, it's like, hey, by the way, your God is Jewish. <laughs> I, I really appreciated that. It was like, it was kind of like a little this. Okay, well. Uh, my mic, I just realized my mic kind of dropped into my jacket, so if the quality dropped, I apologize. I'm gonna review. While I review, I'm confident that you heard me decently. But anyway. Um, so yeah, the Jewish Museum in Berlin, definitely check it out. It's really cool. But yeah, and then after that, we, we, we went to grab dinner at a really cool pizza spot in, uh, in the part of town where our old hostel was at. And then we went to get a drink. Then Kirba went to his uh, event thing that he wanted to attend. That's when we split ways. I stayed at the bar, had two drinks, chilled. And yeah, after having a drink, after having a drink, I decided to go for a walk. And yeah, so far I've been walking for an hour. I've just been walking around the city for an hour. And it's 
it, the city's really start to grow on me. It's coming to Berlin. I had no expectations. I didn't know what to expect. I really had nothing, no expectations. Because in the in the lens of soccer, when you think of German football, you don't think about Berlin. You think about Munich. You think about Frankfurt. You think about Hamburg. You think about Dortmund. You think about Leipzig, but you don't think about Berlin. And I'm kind of happy I came with no expectations because I'm really starting to enjoy the city. I think it's 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 cool. Everything I've been told is that it's a very party city, and that's really not my vibe. But I appreciate the fact that that's what it is here. You know, it's been 30 years since I think it's been 30 years since. Uh, no, it's been. Oh shit! Yeah. Is it the 80s? So the 80s. Yeah, it's been 40 years. About 40 years since Germany is reuni- uh, reunited. And you could still see the remnants of that trauma all throughout the city. Like the way the people conduct themselves, especially the older people, the way they carry themselves. You could tell that inter- you could see the intergenerational trauma just kind of go down. But the only difference is that it seems like a lot of people use that trauma through partying. They just like, you know what? Our ancestors went through, some, you know, our parents, our grandparents went through some shit. So we're just going to party that energy out and that's the vibe I got but but you appreciate it you know and you really do appreciate those things because it adds a layer to travel it adds a layer to understanding where do you enter like which this this is the environment you enter you enter in and it's important to learn history because like I said if you don't know someone you really want to get to know someone you should know their story and I'm trying and I'm learning to I'm learning about the story of Berlin as a person. And I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot that people here genuinely do not want to repeat the mistakes of the past. And they just want to move forward and just be happy. And they're being happy with some really deep, dark techno music that I just don't vibe with whatsoever. <laughs> um, but there's a, so that being said, there's a lot of graffiti a lot of artistic expression modern art seems to be very big here which is you know it's it's different from other european cities i've visited but yeah it's uh it's definitely unique i gotta say that it's definitely unique yeah and uh yeah so i've just been walking taking all in it's not too cold the weather's quite nice i think now it's about 10 degrees Earlier today, it was hitting 20 in the sun. It was so nice today. Yeah, so, we, you know, it's important to do the touristy things because that's what the, the city wants to export to you. But there's obviously more to the city when you start meeting locals and talking to them and just understanding how things are here. Uh, but yeah, how long have, you, have I been recording? I don't think it's been too long. Let's see, but yeah. Uh, Oh, the one thing I did notice about, yeah, the one thing I did notice here, there's only two Berlin clubs that I know. There's FC Union Berlin and, and Hertha Berlin. The only one that like I knew for a long time was Hertha Berlin. But it seems like the majority of people here are FC are fans of FC Union. Uh, FC Union, I think they're like yellow and red or yellow and orange. And I see a lot of those colors everywhere. Perhaps that's the colors of Berlin I don't know but I'm starting to notice a lot of that 
like almost every shop or ev even every bathroom stall there's a sticker of fc union berlin everywhere so i'm assuming and i'm seeing more than the hertha berlin so i'm assuming that's like the most popular club here the same way if you go to sevilla in spain the most popular club there is real betis and not sevilla which would surprise most people because sevilla is the big club that everybody knows but it seems like real betis is the biggest one so by in that regards perhaps fc union is the the working class club which would make sense in that regards but yeah uh it's a beautiful city like i said like i'm at museum island museum island i like the architecture of all the museums here and then also going to brandenburg gate there's something very grandiose of the city that like you know if it wasn't for the war this city could have been something far bigger than it is today because apparently in the 1920s this was the european metropolis that this is the place where there was you know just complete freedom artistic sexual freedom uh cabarets nightlife this is like the way we see amsterdam today this is what berlin is you know like people see amsterdam but the way you compare amsterdam to here amsterdam seems to be a softer version of berlin where in amsterdam everything is nicer prettier more aesthetically pleasing but here it's not as aesthetically pleasing but there's a grunginess to it that i really do respect if you went to Concordia University, this is this city is hall building everywhere. <laughs> For those who haven't been to Concordia University, what that means is just like dirty communist hipsters everywhere. <laughs> Maybe not communist, oh, most likely, but yeah, it's just you really get that vibe where it's a lot of thrift store shopping and people dress in particular way, just dirty hipsters. It's a vibe. I appreciate that vibe. I'm just so used to it because of university. But there's also rich history here, which is also really fascinating. But yeah. Um, but also another thing I really do love here is uh, it's surprisingly multicultural. Yeah, granted, it's not as multicultural as Montreal or Toronto. But I'm seeing a lot of Asian people that speak fluent German, which always go, I always go like, what? What's happening? But it's very cool to see that like, I've been to a lot of cities where I stand out and I feel that, but here I don't feel that. And I think that's also, you know, it says a lot about the place here. And I'm also staring, like, from where I'm standing, I'm also staring at uh, what I call the Berlin CN Tower. <laughs> it's just a huge tower with a ball on top, where I believe this is, that's a space shuttle for the 1% to fly to Mars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cool city. It really is. And also another thing I noticed, the dogs here are so well behaved. They're so well behaved. Like they, there's like a legitimate symbiote, symbiosis, symbiosis, symbiosis relationship between dog and man here, where there's just like they understand each other so well. Like I remember this one time, this dog was like. This woman was about to cross street. A dog was kind of, let's say, like two meters away. And it was, the dog wasn't moving. The, then the, her, then uh, the dog's master, I guess, the dog's owner, she was just speaking to the dog in German. It's like, hey, we're going this way. She was pointing. We're going this way. We're crossing this street right here. As if the dog was a child. And immediately the dog understood. And the dog just like, as soon as she said that, the dog just went right next to her and got ready to cross the street with her, which I thought was pretty wild. But again, 
I'm not that much. I have a dog, but you know, he's not the smartest one. <laughs> he's a Shih Tzu, but you know, loving dog, and but not as sharp. And some of these dogs, I'm generally impressed by their intellect. Also, the children here. I've never seen children just walk about by themselves alone. Like, I'm seeing the children here, and they're just walking by themselves in like a busy, like, urban place, and they're just on their own, walking home or walking to school or walking to the park by themselves and it seemed and i could tell in their face that they are completely confident and they're and not only that their parents are confident because it's a safe place where no one hurts children granted i don't know what the crimes are towards children but if you allow your kids if you allow your kids just to be about in public and navigate these streets by themselves safely damn it must say a lot about the city but yeah um tomorrow i don't know what the plans are I'm, I'm getting more and more tired. Uh, Kiribati really wants to go out. I just I'm, I'm just, I'm really not down. I'm not down to party. But those two guys we met at the hostel are pretty adamant to go partying. And I feel like if we get a good crew together, we uh, partying might happen at some point. I just don't know where. I'm not super down, but we'll see. And yeah, um, what time is it now here? It's like nine o'clock, I think. Hold on. Oh, it's like 7 to 10. 7 to 10. And... Yeah. Alright. I'm just gonna continue walking. But yeah, uh... This bridge is completely empty. This is the same bridge that Kirbel and I came the other day where a couple, uh a soon-to-be wedded couple were shooting like a video or doing pictures for their wedding thing and there was a, a saxophone player who was just playing some really good music and him picking up on their photo shoot he was playing all like these romantic songs on saxophone and I'm convinced that sax players are the coolest fucking musicians period cap that's it coolest musicians and he was playing all the right songs and we just sat, stood there watching him play music and it was it was really cool it was a vibe yeah um oh, yeah after this i'm excited because the more i listen to german the less i dislike the language i think it's kind of a neat language people here are pretty cool the demeanor is a little different from what i'm used to a little more cold but you could tell that they mean well, and that's just how to communicate with one another. Very matter of fact. But that's all right. Um, but yeah, after, after Berlin, I'm going to Frankfurt, then Frankfurt, Munich, and then after Munich, going to Zurich and Switzerland. Again, I'm going zero expectations to all these cities. All I know about Frankfurt is pretty. That is quite punk rock. What I know of Munich is that Bavaria has this reputation of like pretty nice and money. So that's what I'm assuming of Munich. Zurich, no expectations. I don't know what to expect there. I'm gonna try to catch a game in Zurich. Uh, the one game that's available that I'm gonna get tickets to is uh, Grasshoppers FC versus FC Zurich. I'm gonna be supporting Grasshoppers. That's my team. Let's go Grasshoppers. <laughs> team. It's like, what is, what is with it, it, I think Young Boys, that team Young Boys is also in Switzerland. Yo, Switzerland, what is up with your team names? 
Young boys and grasshoppers. Bro, like, what are you, elementary school? Like, yo, change your names. There's probably some, like, deep story as to why they're called grasshoppers. But, you know, I, I can't take that seriously. Not, no, I can't take a team named grasshoppers seriously. Not even a fucking high school team will call themselves grasshoppers. They'll probably go with the generic stuff like warriors, rams, bears, lions, or uh, stingers, or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna end this here. I'm about. Hold on. Okay, almost 30 minutes in. Okay, I'm so. I didn't think I was able to do 30 minutes, but I'm glad I did. So, for all those listening, thank you for listening to Soccer Pilgrim. This is day four or five of my of my time in Berlin. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for being an audience from Berlin. My name is Jason G. So Kim. This is a soccer program. Thank you.